the resurrection, Christianity hinges on the resurrection. If Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead, then all this Bible stuff and Jesus stuff is vain and worthless. And Christians are the most pitiful people on the face of the earth. But if he did indeed rise from the dead and he's alive and he's conquered death and he's provided forgiveness and eternal life for you and me who believe in him, then this is not in vain. Celebrating him, believing in him and pouring our lives out for him is not in vain. It's worth it. Because if he's risen, the scripture says we are going to rise with him as well. We're going to see him face to face and he's going to make all things new. There will be a perfect world without any brokenness, without any injustice, without any war or sickness or pain or sorrow. And he will wipe every tear from our eyes. He's risen. And so we today as Christians, this is like Super Bowl for Christians. We celebrate this glorious event that happened in history over 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ was a real man. God became a man. He stepped down into time and he experienced pain. He experienced laughter. He experienced the joy of friendship, of family, of food, of singing, of music and graces that we experience in this life. And he experienced sorrow for you and I. He went to the cross for you and I. He went to the grave for you and I, and he got up out of that grave. You see, death is one of our biggest problems, and Jesus came to war, to make war on sin and death for us and go there for us so that we can have life. He took pain, might be healed. He is imprisoned and taken to jail and beaten and mocked so that we can be accepted. And experience God's comfort and love and grace through what he's done. This morning, I would like to simply read through, in Luke 22, one of the most favorite narratives of the resurrection story. After Jesus Christ died and was resurrected. I'm going to read through it. It's a lot of verses. There are many verses here. But I'm just going to let the power of the story impact our lives this morning then i'm going to make some comments on that and then i want to give an invitation at the end of this time if there's anybody here today who hasn't received what christ has done and experienced the benefits of all that christ has done for you i want to give you an opportunity today to follow jesus to respond to his free gift of eternal life that he offers through what he's done for us amen so if you have your bibles go ahead and turn to luke chapter 24 and i'm just going to read the the resurrection narrative in Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground... The men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man 
must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. They remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them as an idle tale. They did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. That very day, the two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near And went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels, who said to them that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said. But him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, and he blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. And as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they had saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything to here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and ate before them. And he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. 
Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hand. He blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them, and he was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him, and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple, blessing God. And all God's people said, Amen. I'm going to switch over here. We're having trouble with this. All right. Is that better? So here's the big idea this morning. Jesus rose from the dead and appeared to his followers, helping them through their doubts and their despair. Jesus is alive, just as he said he would. He rose from the grave and he was seen by his disciples. And I think it's interesting to note that he was seen by uh, some women first. Luke, Luke is very uh, intentional about uh, mentioning the role of women in the gospel narrative and in the book of Acts and in their place in, in the ministry of in Christianity. And, 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 and they had the great privilege of carrying the good news. Very first, the very first ones carrying the good news to the apostles. He's risen. He's, he's not there. He's alive. He's alive. And then his, his disciples were struggling with doubt. They were struggling with despair. They were sad. Their hopes had been dashed. You see, the Jewish people had this great hope in a Messiah that would come and would rescue them from their oppressors. And he would make wrong things right. And he would bring the kingdom of God. And and they had put their hope in this Messiah. They had followed him for three years Jesus ministered publicly, and he had many followers, and he had these 12 followers who were following him, right? And their hopes were dashed. They were in despair. They were sad. They were broken until Jesus showed up, and he met them in their despair. He met them in their their discouragement, their brokenness and their doubt, even struggling with the doubt that they had, even though they had seen miracles, they had seen Jesus raise somebody from the dead. They had seen Jesus heal lepers. They had seen Jesus do many miracles, and yet they were still struggling to believe that he got up out of that grave like he said he would. And perhaps there's somebody here like that this morning. Perhaps there's somebody here who's struggling with doubt. And unbelief and despair. And you're sad. Because you're not experiencing the hope of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I believe that Jesus wants to show up here this morning in your life. And break through the darkness of despair. And drive the clouds of dark and doubt away. In your life. Amen. So Jesus showed up. He rose from the dead and he appeared to his disciples. He told his disciples that he would never leave them nor forsake them, that he would be with them always. At the end of Matthew 28, when he was resurrected from the dead, he told them, I'm going to be with you guys always. 
Jesus gives us this amazing promise. Those of us who are his followers, he promises his presence with us. Now, it's interesting because it wasn't long after that that he ascended into heaven, right? So bodily in bodily form, he ascended into heaven. How can that be? How can Jesus fulfill his promise and be with us still, even though in bodily form, he's at the right hand of the Father right now? Well, he told, that, he told his disciples at the end of Luke 24 that he was going to send the promise, the Holy Spirit who would come. And he would bring the presence of Jesus, the presence of God, and, and work powerfully through them, empowering them, giving them power and the very presence of God within them to carry out the mission that Jesus had started. They, they didn't recognize Jesus. This is really interesting, and I think Jesus kind of wanted to, to make, make this moment happen like it did. Like, kind of like parents, you know, like when you walk in on your kids and, and they don't know you're there and they're having cute conversations or they're doing something. And you just, you don't want to let them know that you're there. You just want to soak in the moment and see what they say and what they do, even though they don't recognize you're there in that moment. Any parents know what I'm talking about there? It's just kind of a, a sweet, sweet time sometimes. So like Jesus shows up and they're, they're all sad. I mean, they're like, they're, they're discouraged. They're like, they're, 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 they're hopeless. They're like, man, this, we thought this was the guy. And, and, and they're just, they're ex- ex- expressing that to Jesus. And Jesus meets them where they're at. He meets them even in their despair and doubt. He shows up. He drew near to them. Because Jesus Christ is alive, you and I can experience his presence today. You see, the the scripture tells us in Romans chapter 8 that the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives within us who believe. And the scripture also tells us that Jesus Christ is coming back and every eye will see him. He showed up after he was raised from the dead and then he ascended to, the, to heaven, right? But he's coming back. He's coming back and we're going to experience the fulfillment of, of what Jesus has promised, making all things new. He's going to judge the living and the dead. And he's going to bring salvation for those who have trusted in him. And he's going to give us new bodies. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 was defending the resurrection from the dead. He's defending the message that Jesus has raised from the dead. And he's promised those of us who believe that we're going to rise with him as well. All right. And, And we're going to get new bodies as well. And those of us who are a little bit more advanced in years and have some things falling apart in your body, you may look forward to that even more, right? To get a body without disease or decay or all your hair and all your teeth and everything just working right. You know, new bodies, glorified bodies in a new world where there's no more sorrow. There's no more pain and no more suffering. And we get to be with Jesus. We get to experience the presence of God for all eternity. And that's one of the greatest benefits and promises of the gospel, that we get God. You see, the scripture tells us in 1 Peter 3, that Jesus suffered and died, that he might bring us to God, that he might bring us safely home to God, that we might be with him. There are many people who are just concerned about making it to heaven. 
They just want to get to that destination. They're not so concerned about being next to Jesus, next to God and in his presence. They just want to get to heaven and stay out of hell, right? All right. Now, that's important. But those who are really rescued by Jesus and are, are genuine believers in Jesus and followers of Jesus, they don't just want heaven. They want Jesus. They want to be with him. They want, to, they want to experience his presence for all eternity. And I love how Jesus will take broken dis- people in despair without hope who are sad and sorrowful. And he, he drives the doubt of dark away. He gives us hope. He gives us life because of what he's done. He showed up for the disciples and he shows up still today. We watched a a, a story there earlier of Ellie's testimony of how Jesus showed up in her life. He, He showed up in her life and he's changed her from the inside out. He's changed her life. Jesus did that for me almost 20, over 20 years ago. He showed up in my life. I was living in darkness. I was blinded. Like the disciples, I didn't recognize Jesus. My eyes were blinded. I was in despair. I didn't have hope and purpose in this life until Christ saved me. And it's like my eyes were opened up. It's like I really came alive. The scripture says those who are not walking with God are dead in their sins. Ephesians chapter 2, they're dead in their sins. All right, And when somebody becomes a Christian, they come alive. They're spiritually resurrected. They have new life within them. And that's an amazing miracle. Jesus does this. He shows up, and he's still saving people today. It wasn't long uh, after this that there was a man in, in, in the book of Acts named Saul who was killing Christians, persecuting Christians. He was opposing Christianity, trying to shut it down. And Jesus shows up into the history of his life, knocks him off of his animal, saves him, and he becomes one of the greatest preachers and missionaries for the sake of the gospel. He wrote over uh, 13 uh, books of the New Testament. And Jesus can save anybody, and he's still doing the same today. There are people around here today who have been radically changed by the power of the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus, as he was walking with these disciples, he started explaining to them the scriptures. Everything that the scriptures had said. It says in verse 27, beginning with Moses and all that the prophets and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself verse 44 and then he said to them these are my words that i spoke to you while i was with you that everything written about me in the law of moses and the prophets and the psalms must be fulfilled and then he opened their minds and their understanding to the scriptures what an amazing talk conversation that must have been on the way to emmaus wouldn't you just love to be there to just, just or, or have that recorded as a podcast that you could listen to? Like, what was that? What was he taught? Where did he start? What scriptures did he go over in the Old Testament to talk about himself? I just, I wonder. And it says, they, they said, didn't our hearts burn within us as he opened to us the scriptures? So they're walking with them and they're experiencing the presence of Jesus. They're in the presence of Jesus and they don't even realize it. But their hearts are being stirred within them as he's talking about the scriptures concerning himself. I wonder if he started with Genesis 3.15 highlighting 
that he was the offspring of the woman who would bruise the head of the serpent. And then I wonder if he went to Abraham explaining that through him and through that he's the seed that through him that all the families of the earth would be blessed. I wonder if he he went to uh, Abraham offering up Isaac as a sacrifice to the father and then and then there being a, a, a ram a, an animal provided as the sacrifice and I, and I wonder if he explained how Christ he's that promised son who was offered up by the heavenly father for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him but not perish but have everlasting Life. I wonder if he went through Exodus and he explained how that Passover lamb and the blood over the doorpost, which brought deliverance from the firstborn of the Israelites. I wonder if he explained the Christ. He's the Passover lamb. He's the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I wonder if he went to Deuteronomy 18 and explained to them that, that there was this other prophet that God would raise up like Moses, this Messiah, Jesus. He's the one. He's that other prophet that God would raise up that was like Moses. I wonder if he took them to Isaiah 53. Where Isaiah says he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he bore our griefs and he carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Or perhaps he went to Zechariah 12.10 where it says, They will look on him whom they pierced. Or Numbers 21 where Moses made a bronze serpent and set him on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. Jesus said, like Moses lifted up the serpent in the, in the, in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. I wonder if he took him to Psalm 1610 where he says, For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. Or Psalm 22. Where David wrote, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? All who see me mock and they make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He who trusts in the Lord, let him deliver him. Let him rescue him for he delights in him. I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a postured and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death for dogs and camp encompass me a company of evildoers encircles me they've pierced my hands and feet i can count all my bones they stare and gloat over me they divide my garments among them for my clothing they cast lots i wonder what scriptures jesus took them through because all of the old testament scriptures point to jesus all the, the, the Old Testament, the Bible climaxes in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It points to Jesus. It's all about him. And that's what we're about here, knowing Jesus. 
That is most important. This is eternal life, that you might know him. There are many people who know the scriptures, but they don't know Jesus. Jesus told religious people in his day, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have life, but you won't come to me that you may obtain it. You see, the scriptures are not an end of themselves. They're, they're designed to point us to Jesus, that we might know God and have a relationship with him. Jesus explained the scriptures to them so that they would realize who he was. And then he opened up their eyes to recognize him. Verse 31, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And then he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? You see, we all need that. We all need the Lord to open our eyes to see who he is. You see, sin blinds us. It keeps us from seeing spiritually. It it makes us spiritually dull. So we don't understand. We don't comprehend. There are people who, who come to Jesus later on in life who've grown up in the church. I've heard people share testimonies like this. And they would say, you know, I just never heard the gospel preached in my church. And it wasn't always that the gospel wasn't preached in the church. It was largely in part that their eyes weren't open. They weren't born again. Jesus said in John chapter 3 that unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of heaven. You see, we need a supernatural work that God does through his Holy Spirit, through the preaching of the gospel and through the work of his Holy Spirit. We need our eyes graciously opened by God, like Jesus graciously did with these disciples, even though they were in doubt and in despair and sad. He showed up and he opened their eyes. Perhaps Jesus is going to open somebody's eyes today. To see the beauty and the glory of who he is. You know, some of us wear contacts or glasses and maybe you've experienced before you realized you needed contacts or glasses. You didn't see the the beautiful colors and the clarity of the world all around you, especially in springtime. And then you got your, your contacts or your glasses, and all of a sudden, like, you see more colors and you see more details. It, it's like, it, it's an amazing experience. It's kind of like what happens when you get saved. When you become a follower of Christ and he changes you from the inside out. Your eyes are opened up. You know, we had a guy in the neighborhood who was gracious to us. He, he saw our front entrance out there of our church, and uh, he saw that it was very dirty. And it needed to be power washed. And we've been here about three years. And we, that hasn't really been something on my mind too much. But we've just kind of just walked through this entrance every day, every time we come uh, to church. And he started power washing that front entrance. And all of a sudden, I realized how dirty it was. I was amazed. I was like, and, and I thought, we've been here three years and we haven't done this yet. We've just we just kind of got comfortable with it's the norm. Uh, This is our entrance. We're going to walk right through this dirty entrance, right? It's kind of like what sin is in our lives. We become so familiar and comfortable and we don't even realize we're so immersed with sinful thinking, sinful speaking and sinful actions all around us and within us. And then Jesus shows up 
and he brings this power wash to our souls, to our hearts. And you get a, you start just getting a little bit of that washed away, and you see the comparison there. And it's amazing. You're like, wow, why didn't I do this earlier? I've been living life not being able to see all the beauty and the clarity around me. Now I can see beauty. Now Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. Jesus comes in and he cleanses us and he opens our eyes and he makes us new from the inside out. And he gives us vision. Spiritual vision. He gives us life because he was resurrected from the dead. And he even gives us faith to believe. One of the reasons I believe in the resurrection of Jesus is because the scriptures declare that he's risen. I believe the testimony of scripture. Here at City Church, we are committed to the Bible as the word of God. The scriptures are the inspired, infallible word of God that God has given to us, for us, to instruct us and guide us and shape how we believe and shape how we live. We believe in this book. We believe in this Jesus stuff. And it's a number one seller of all times. It's a reliable book. 66 books compiled together by various authors, and God has orchestrated one great redemptive narrative in the Bible, and it centers on the person of Jesus Christ. I believe the testimony of scriptures. Do you? Do you believe the testimony of the apostles, of the prophets, of the psalmist who spoke about the Messiah and his sufferings and his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Do you believe that he's alive, that he is risen indeed? And then I believe in the resurrection because of my own personal experience. Now, I didn't have Jesus show up in bodily form in my room and say, hey, touch, touch my hands, Messiah there. I didn't have that happen. But I experienced his presence in such a powerful way that it it was very evident to me that God was near. And it broke me. And it changed me. And I wept. Jesus describes the spirit as like the wind. You don't see where he comes from or where he goes. You can feel the wind moving. You can see the effects of wind blowing, strong wind blowing, right? And God works in people's lives, and he and you see the effects, like the testimony that we saw uh, here this morning. You see the effects on people's lives. They become more loving, more kind, more gracious, more hopeful, more peaceful, more truthful and honest. All right, there's a desire for to do what's right. You know more than follow the things of the world. One of the reasons why I believe is because I've experienced the presence of God experienced his nearness i remember as a new christian that i was thinking about death and eternity and and i had this fearful thought i had this thought of what if i get bored in heaven it's kind of scary like man eternity is a long time and i'm i, know, I believe i'm going there to, to heaven with you jesus but like, what if i get bored i mean is there a lot of basketball and fun board games or what's going on up there that's going to keep me engaged for eternity that was a kind of a despairing, fearful thought. And I got down on my knees as soon as I felt that and experienced that in my heart as a 17-year-old Christian that was new Christian, maybe six months old. And I experienced the presence of God in a powerful way, like I did when, when I first became a Christian. But 
My lights were off. It was dark time. I was all by myself. And I got down on my knees, and the presence of God filled my room. And I just got this big smile of joy on my face. And I said, Lord, I can spend eternity in your presence. I just felt comforted by the presence of God right there. God met me right there in that moment when I felt doubt and fear creeping up and rising up within me. God graciously showed up, and he's done that over and over and over again throughout my walk. He showed up, and he's met me in my time of need, in my time of struggle, and he'll do the same for you. Another reason that I believe in the resurrection is the the witnesses, those who've been changed by the power of the resurrection, the gospel itself. I have seen over my 37 years of life, I've seen drug addicts who have been delivered from their terrible, destructive addiction through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Alcoholics who were delivered, prisoners who had done terrible crimes, changed from the inside out. And and instead of murdering, they become loving, kind people. Instead of stealing, they become givers and generous and hard workers giving back to society instead of taking. Instead of being deceitful and liars, God changes people and makes them truthful and love the truth. Instead of being sexually moral and ungodly, God makes people pure and righteous, cleanses them through his blood, cleanses their hearts and their minds and gives us a clean conscience. That's a a glorious thing because you can try to do a lot of things to get some dirt off your conscience. And nothing you do is going to shake some of those things off your conscience. You're still, those thoughts are still going to come back at nighttime. They're going to haunt you from time to time, some of those things that you've done. Unless you experience the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ because his blood washes away the worst of sins. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He took on himself our shame. He hung there naked and marred, looking weak, looking like a false prophet, shamefully hanging on a tree, cursed, so that you and I can be blessed. So that you and I can experience acceptance and honor and his presence and his nearness and his kindness for all eternity. You see, no man, no human being can reach into another human being's heart and change their heart. Only Jesus Christ can change the heart of an individual. This is one of the greatest miracles that God reaches in to the hardest of hearts and he changes and softens them. And he, and he makes them new. That's a miracle. And perhaps there's somebody here today that God wants to graciously reach in and do that very thing in your life. Ask God to open your eyes to understand the truth of Jesus. We need our eyes open. Whether you've become a Christian or not. Even if you've you've been a Christian, maybe you've become familiar with Jesus. And you've taken him for granted, like like a close family member that you take for granted and just become familiar with. Not intentionally, but you're just a close family member. 
maybe we need to be reawakened to the glory and the beauty of who he is. Study the scriptures with Jesus in view. All the scriptures themselves point to him. They point us to him so that we might know him and that we might know his will for our lives, how we should live. And then go tell others that Christ is risen indeed. If you really believe this good news and you've been changed by it and you have hope, a living hope that we sang about this morning inside of you, then go tell somebody. Go let your light shine. Go go show the love of Christ and proclaim the message of Christ that they might hear and believe that message. The Apostle Paul, at the end of 1 Corinthians 15, 58, after he defended the resurrection and gave some powerful evidence and, and arguments for the resurrection of the dead, he, he finishes and concludes with this exhortation. He says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Those of us who do believe this message, let's give ourselves to being steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor is not in vain because Christ is risen and we're going to rise with him. And he will reward faithfulness. We have a hope that goes beyond the grave. You know, this morning there were over 200 people killed in Sri Lanka in a church celebrating Easter. An explosion went off. They probably weren't expecting that. They, weren't, they probably weren't expecting to go home today to meet Jesus today but our life is brief our days are numbered the reality that we are going to die is certain 10 out of 10 people die and immediately after that comes judgment but Jesus says that those who believe in him even though we die we will live And there's no condemnation for us, those of us who are in Christ Jesus. We will be with him forever. I'd like to provide an opportunity. The worship team will come up. I'd like to provide an opportunity to respond here today. If you're here and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you just want him to open your eyes, we want to pray with you. And we want to encourage you to pray that. Say, God, open my eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, my understanding. I need need spiritual vision. Because I'm short-sighted. I'm blinded. I can't see. I'm, I'm, I'm given to just worldly things left and right because I don't have a vision beyond just this immediate pleasure in this world. You see, through... Christ has made such a significant impact in the world that Christians throughout centuries have given themselves to care for the poor, orphans and widows, care for the sick, medical care, education. Christ has made such an impact in in so many areas since he's come. And his followers have testified that he is the Messiah. He is the way. He is risen. There is hope because of Jesus. 
And you see, this world needs the gospel. We want to impact this world here at City Church Garland. We want to make an impact on this world. And we know that that will only happen through the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you need your life changed and you need to be impacted today and changed and you want change, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, that Christ died for you. He was buried. He was resurrected from the dead. He's coming back. You believe that message. You experience forgiveness of sins, eternal life, a clear conscience, healing and wholeness in your heart, the love of the Father poured out into your heart, deliverance from the fear of death and the bondage of the fear of death. You experience peace and reconciliation in in your family relationships and co-workers' relationships. You experience reconciliation here and peace with God here, and then you experience peace and reconciliation with others here. That's the power of the gospel impacting a life, changing a life, the power of the resurrection in your life and mine. Amen? So if you want prayer here this morning, please just, you can come up front. We'd love to pray with you, or we'll meet you right where you're at. Just put your hand up. We have a prayer team ready to pray with anybody who needs prayer. If you're here and you say, I want to... I need my eyes open. I want to start following Jesus. Or maybe there's another request that you have. We'd love to just pray with you today. And the rest of us, while while there's those who are praying, the rest of us, let's sing and respond and rejoice that Christ is risen. This is our Super Bowl for Christians. This is our this is our time of celebration, remembering that He's alive. And he's risen, and we're going to be with him forever. If you get excited about your sports team, more excited about your sports team than you do about this and what Jesus has done, then you need a change in your heart. All right?